0: Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in today. Where the East Coast is very snowy. I'm not actually on the East Coast. I'm in Ohio, but... Where it is very snowy outside. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. It's very cold outside. Very warm in the house, but it's very cold. And today we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Glenn Youngkin was sworn in over the weekend... Another one of the Trump 10 that voted for impeachment heads for the exits. Dr. Anthony Fauci has $10.4 million in investments. And we're going to talk all about President Trump's first rally of 2022. And you'll probably already know the intro song to that segment. Starting with Glenn Youngkin. Attempts to ban critical race theory on day one as Virginia governor. According to The Hill, or The Guardian, I'm sorry. Virginia's newly elected Republican governor has immediately passed a swath of conservative orders, ranging from attempts to alter local school curriculum to loosening public health mandates during the pandemic after being sworn into office on Saturday. Glenn Youngkin, a former private equity CEO who has never served in public office before, became the state's first Republican governor since 2010 after a closely watched gubernatorial election last year. The 55-year-old placed an issue on critical race theory at the center of his campaign, capitalizing on a conservative backlash against the discipline and pledging to ban teachings of it in Virginia schools. Critical race theory is an academic practice that examines the ways in which racism operates in the U.S. laws and society. On Saturday, after taking the oath of office, Youngkin unveiled a list of nine executive orders and two executive directives, with the first on the list being described as a directive to restore excellence in education by ending the use of divisive concepts, including critical race theory and public education. The order lists 13 instructions, many directed to the state's school school superintendents, who have been tasked with reviewing the state's curriculum and policies in the Department of Education to identify inherently divisive concepts. The order also bans an executive employee from directing or otherwise compelling students to personally affirm, adopt, or adhere to inherently divisive concepts. The order does not define divisive concepts, but cites critical race theory as an example. At least 22 other states have moved towards imposing limits on the teaching of critical race theory in recent months as right-wing media in the U.S. continues to fuel disinformation about the teaching of the previously little-known discipline. Despite the sweeping and ambiguous language, the governor's power to intervene in local school districts is limited. Although Georgia's General Assembly has the power to compel school boards to adapt specific policy via legislation, state Democrats hold a slim majority, meaning new laws are unlikely. On Saturday, senior state Democrats told local media they plan to block much of the new governor's agenda. But when Republicans do it with President Biden, we're considered racist. We're considered anti-American when we want to block the president's agenda in the Senate, claiming we need to be more bipartisan. We need to be more open-minded. We need to work towards the things the people voted for. Yeah, okay. (laughs) The sweeping executive orders also included loosening of public health mandates aimed at slowing COVID-19 during the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Yonkin's second order eliminated mask ordinance for peoples in the state schools, while his last directive abolished vaccine mandates for state employees. I don't know if those have already gone into effect because that was a ruling by Ralph Nordum. I don't know if they already went into effect and it, it was basically too late to Overturn that people have already been fired, but I hope that they have been fired or they will have a chance to come back to the staff or the the state. Like many other areas in U- in the U S, Virginia continues to see a surge in COVID cases. are up two hundred and eighty eight percent in comparison to the last winter surge. the si- The current seven day positivity rate sits at over thirty five percent. Fifteen thousand eight hundred and three have died in the state from the virus since the pandemic began. Governor Youngkin getting things done. I, I have applause, why am I not using those? That's basically what the inauguration sounded like. With with the applause, with with the praise for his campaign, with the praise for his promises. His day one action has been on his website, GlennYouncun.com, since day one, literally, of his campaign. His day one game plan. Let's look back at that. Let's see here. Cut costs, keep our communities safe, restore excellence in education is one that he already did. Day one. He's already held more promises than the majority of politicians in the country. So major props to Glenn Youngkin for getting things done day one. Using his power as he has it. Obviously, it wouldn't surprise me if he only has... One term, unfortunately. I hope not, but it, it, he has one term, then he has to take four years, and then maybe he might have another term. So so using his 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 power, his time, to the fullest by signing executive orders is great. I'm very happy about that. That's, that's, that's a good way to use executive orders. So props to Youngkin. I'm proud of that. And I just went to his website and found out you can buy the red fleece vest that he wears on his website. I can't do it, I can't, I can't do it, but but that'd be great to have. Anyways, <laughs> props to Glenn Youngkin for winning this campaign, obviously. Uh, Virginia won, not just Youngkin. I've, I have been critical of Youngkin, and I will continue to be critical to Youngkin, but just because I'm critical to Youngkin doesn't mean that he's a rhino, doesn't mean that I disagree with everything he does, doesn't mean that I think he should be out of office. He's the best option for Virginia right now. Obviously, he's the only one who could win the campaign. Props to Glenn Youngkin, like I said, props on these executive orders and and executive directions. Hope we see more of this. Hopefully this isn't a one-and-done situation. Obviously, that's four years in the governor's mansion. Hopefully he can take this, truly build on these, and continue forward with even more powerful legislation, powerful executive orders. Get things passed through the House, maybe more bipartisan things through the Senate. And he can... He can succeed. He can succeed at his job. And I'm very excited for the state of Virginia. And I do want to talk about this little part of this article that said, Virginia continues to see a surge in, uh, in COVID cases of the Omicron variant rips to the country. Cases are up 288%. An article I didn't tell you all about at the beginning is a New York Times article. The U.S. Surgeon General warns that Omicron has not yet peaked. Dr. Vivek Murthy, the U.S. Surgeon General, warned on Sunday that the Omicron surge of coronavirus cases has not yet peaked nationally, saying the next few weeks will be very difficult in many parts of the country as hospitalizations and deaths will rise. Dr. Murthy noted the good news in the plateaus and drops in known cases in the Northeast, especially in New York City and New Jersey, but the challenge is that the entire country is not moving at the same pace. We shouldn't expect a national peak in the coming days. The next few weeks will be tough. So... 288% Two hundred and eighty-eight percent is how much larger this peak of this this time peak is in the state of Virginia. Using that number, I don't know what the average is nationwide. I don't know how they can't determine a peak. I mean, I know everyone that I know is sick right now in school. Everyone that I know in my family's work is is sick is has some sort of cold or flu or whatever it is. And if it is Omicron, how is it not a peak at this point? And Omicron is going to be good for natural immunity, it's going to be good for the people who decided not to get vaccinated, to build up a natural immunity to COVID, to build up a natural immunity, I we can get on with our lives, and I know we've been saying this for three years now, but people need to truly, uh, uh, after everyone gets this, the NCAA is reversing their policy on not allowing natural immunity as a vaccine status, and that should be Everyone doing the same, natural immunity should be considered a vaccine status, in my opinion, because you have the natural immunity to COVID. Speaking of COVID, Dr. Fauci has $10.4 million in investments. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci, this is just the news article. At the end of 2020, he had more than $10.4 million in investments, according to financial disclosures published by Senator Roger Marshall. Director of the National Institute of Health, Fauci is the highest-paid federal employee, uh, having earned $434,312. The multi-million dollar investments were made in various Charles Schwab's accounts, shown in Fauci's 178-page financial disclosure. Fauci lied to the American people. He is more concerned with being a media star and posing for the cover of magazines, And he is being honest with the American people and holding China accountable for the COVID pandemic that's taken the lives of almost 850,000 Americans, Senator Marshall said. Just like he has misled the American people about sending taxpayers to Wuhan, China tax, tax dollars, I'm sorry, to fund gain of function research about masks, testing and more. Dr. Fauci was completely dishonest about his financial disclosures being open to the public. It is no wonder he is the least trusted bureaucrat in America. At the end of the day, Dr. Fauci must be held accountable to all Americans who have been suing and requesting for this information, but don't have the power of a Senate office to ask for it. For these reasons, I will be introducing the Fauci Act, so financial disclosures like these are made public and easily accessible to every American. Uh, We played a clip last week of Fauci calling Senator Marshall a moron. The Financial Accountability for Uniquely Compensated Individuals Act to mandate that administration officials publish financial disclosures on the Office of Government Ethics website. I want to know what those investments are in. I, I, I want to know. Is it Pfizer and Moderna uh, investments? Is it Johnson & Johnson investments? Is it more offshore investments? I don't know what all Charles Schwab can do with the, uh, the investments. But if this is what is in his U.S. accounts, and we know that millionaires and billionaires use offshore accounts, if that's what's in his U.S. accounts, what is being stored and invested in offshore, in China, and other countries, and we need to get to the bottom of this. First off, $434,000 is way too much for a bureaucrat be getting paid. I want to know what these investments are in. I don't see that information being public, but I want to know what those investments are in. Hopefully, the Fauci Act or whatever, the Fauci Act, the Financial Accountability for Uniquely Committed Individuals Act, will pass, and but I, I honestly doubt it. And we'll get to the bottom of what these investments are in, why he has ten million dollars of investments, and if this is another sort of insider trading deal like we're seeing with Nancy Pelosi, and we're seeing Democrats and Republicans in the House and Senate. So we'll see. I hope we can get to the bottom of this. I hope this legislation will pass. Props to Senator Marshall of Kansas for trying to get to the bottom of this. Bottom of this. (laughs) And we'll be right back after this here on the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned. To be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died. You all know this song, I know it. Not only as a great patriotic pro-America song, the God Bless the USA, but as a song that President Trump walks out to at the beginning of every single rally. In that song, I think I'm going to use it as as the primary intro song for when we talk about President Trump and President Trump's rallies and campaigning MAGA campaigning because we know that MAGA is pretty much the only political philosophy that is America first and is proud to be American and before we get to the rally I want to talk about one of the Trump 10 heads for the exit this is an analysis piece by CNN, so it's going to be biased. New York Republican Representative John Katzko surprised retirement announcement Friday as simply the latest proof that there's no room in the Republican Party for those who are insufficiently loyal to former President Trump. We're using the applause button a lot more today. Katzko is one of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump for his actions during the January 6th Capitol riot. He is now one of three Anthony Gonzalez and Adam Kinzinger, who have announced they will leave Congress at the end of this term. The reality of Republicans right now is breaking with Trump, especially in a high-profile way, as the impeachment vote is political poison. And the former president himself will make you try to drink it. One down, nine to go, he said after the Gonzalez announcement. Two down, eight to go, he said, following Kinzinger's decision. Great news, another one bites the dust, he said in a reaction to Casco's news. Pulling aside the three retiring members, the remaining seven, and are also in varying degrees of political peril. Liz Cheney is stripped of her leadership role and uh, fighting for her life against political life, life against a Trump-endorsed opponent. Endorsed uh, primary challengers to Jamie Buetler, Peter Meyer, and Fred Umpton. Umpton may also retire. The message here is simple. Break with Trump and watch your political career end or face the toughest primary challenge you can imagine. It's not exactly an incentive for elected officials to voice in a critique or different opi- uh, difference of opinion with the former president. Three down, seven to go. That's all I can say. And that's I, there's not even really a lot for me to say. If you vote to impeach President Trump and you claim to be a Republican, change your party. Change your registration. Because you are not a Republican. You do not uphold conservative beliefs. I mean, you may be a conservative belief, but you do not uphold the party. You do not uphold the values of the party. And and, and let me see if I can find this. To run for office in Ohio. Because I've looked at this form before. Let me see if I can find it from the Ohio Secretary of State. And what it says when you put down your party... I really don't know if I can see this, unfortunately. It's loading, let's see. Can I please find this form? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, probably not. I can't find it, no. Here it is, here it is, here it is, okay. I further declare that if elected to this officer position, I will qualify, therefore, that I will support and abide by the principles enacted by the party. By your party that you put in. If you do not uphold. The principles. Enacted by. The party. You should not become. A member of the party. You should not become a member of the party. It, it's that simple. And, and if you're not going to uphold. That President Trump did not cause the January 6th riot, then you should not be a Republican party. You should not be a Republican. And I'm going to continue saying that, and I'm going to say that for basically ever. Maybe not ever, but you know, you know what I'm saying. President Trump is the leader of our party. You know this. I know this. Casco knows this. And so... Does the rest of the people who impeached who voted to impeach President Trump, and they will know this when they face their primary challenge and they lose? But oh bum, 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 another one bites the dust. That wouldn't been a good song to use for this segment, but I had to use, I had to use, the President Trump, proud to be an American, God bless the USA. You, you know it. I had to use it, <clears throat> and to end our show today. President Trump had a rally over the weekend in Arizona. I did not watch the full thing, unfortunately. Former President Trump on Saturday promised he would be staging a comeback, his clearest indication yet that he plans to run for the White House in 2024. He said it would be the comeback, the likes of which nobody has ever seen. He made the pledge at his first rally of the 2022 season. He also blasted tyrannical COVID-19 vaccine mandates, runaway inflation and a national crime wave, and a brick-by-brick takedown of President Biden's first years in office. In a nearly two-hour speech in Florence, Arizona, he piled on top of the mounting defeats of pre- Mr. Biden, the virus still raging, the Supreme Court blocking the vaccine mandate, and Mr. Biden's agenda and its death throes in Congress. We've had more problems, we've had more destruction than five presidents put together in the last year, he said at the Save America rally. He also sounded off against the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol saying Democrats are using the riot to justify an unprecedented assault on American civil rights and liberties. Repeatedly circling, circling back to the COVID-19 pandemic, he portrayed Mr. Biden's failures as a vindication of the Trump administration performing, performance in combating the virus. So what I heard about this rally is, is first off, I, I didn't hear it. I saw it. RSBN cut Dr. Gosar, Representative Gosar's speech, which got me very upset. But I also saw that President Trump did not shield the vaccine. President Trump talked about how he was the anti-mandate president. President Trump talked about how the Supreme Court, his Supreme Court, took down the vaccine mandates. The inflation, President Biden's failures. And I hear that it it was one of the most based—based, based obviously, uh, meaning agreeable—rallies since 2016. And we know that his 2016 rallies were completely different than what they are today. Uh, what they were during his term, what they were in 2020. And I think that's why he won by so much more in 2016 than he did in 2020. That it was impossible to steal— because he won by so much in 2016. They tried. But he won by so much in 2016. <clears throat> and this rally. What was one of the first. That truly. Represents the MAGA movement. And what the MAGA movement should be. I applaud President Trump. I'm excited to actually go back and watch the bottom. if so I can find it somewhere. Of this rally. President Trump. Like I've said, as a leader of the party, if he stops showing the vaccine, which I think he's going to, I think mean, I think he's about done with the vaccine rhetoric because he's he's losing on that point. If he stops showing the vaccine, I think he is a a, a great contender for president in twenty twenty four, and maybe if he continues down this path, I may support him, and I, I'm planning on supporting him now. But if he he continues on the vaccine path, if he continues shilling this vaccine, then I will not support him, and I will not change my opinion on supporting him. That's my thoughts today uh, on the news today. Obviously, we have plenty of time left, but not really that much happened this weekend that I want to talk about here on the show. So anyways, my name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. We'll be back tomorrow with hopefully enough news to cover an entire 30 minutes. Probably not, but you know... Who knows? My name is G.O.P. Josh. This is The Conservative Crusader. Follow me on gab. Gab.com slash G.O.P. Josh. Twitter is G.O.P. Josh 20. Instagram is G.O.P. Josh 20. Uh, Getter is G.O.P. Josh. I'm somehow not banned on there. My name is G.O.P. Josh. Stay tuned. (laughs)